The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon and welcome to The Career Confidant. Hope that you are joining today because you are looking for some career intelligence. This is your host for the career confidant, Marie Zeminoff, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today or you've downloaded the podcast. And the purpose of this show and probably why you're tuning in is because we want to take control of our own careers. Today, thinking that a company is going to help us move forward or even have an opportunity for us to advance is just not part of our economy. It's not part of our reality today in many industries. And so we're here on this show to give you the skills and tools to manage your own career and become your own free agent. And when I talk about that term and it's thrown around a lot, You know, it's really not about starting your own business, although some of you might be interested in that. It's about being in charge of your own career development and being able to move between opportunities. As we know, our job security really no longer is in any specific job, but in our ability to move between jobs on our own. And so each week... I share my experience helping thousands of professionals advance their careers, and I bring in industry leaders to provide career intelligence that can help you stay ahead of the curve and move towards your career goals. So if you're looking for the advantage to take an opportunity and ask a career question, you can call in live at 866-472-5790. Again, 866-472-5790. Or you can always email me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com with your questions. Last week, if you didn't tune into the show, go ahead and go online and download it. We talked about interviewing. And we had a guest on the show, Amanda Erickson who has been a recruiter for about 12 years. And at the end of our conversation, she talked about five things that she thinks you need to know about yourself before you go into an interview. And you're going to have to listen to that show to get those five things. But as we were talking, I heard one of the things she's looking for is kind of that happiness factor 
and I've heard it before from other hiring managers. When I went to a job fair, oh, probably 2009, when the economy was not doing well, job seekers weren't doing well, lots of people had been out of work for 12 to 18 months, and people were starting to be visibly unhappy, even at a job fair. And employers aren't necessarily attracted to that air, to that aura, whatever you want to call it, when you are unhappy with your career. Now, a lot of us are thinking today, well, I'm unhappy and there's opportunity for me to make a move. Yes, there is, and that's great. And we still need to figure out maybe why we're not happy before we jump into making that move. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. It's kind of all the rage out in the media today, this career or job satisfaction issue. And this is not a new issue. So Gallup research showed in the early 2000s that about 56 plus 15, so 71% of people, 71% of people are either not engaged or actively disengaged from work. So what does not engaged or disengaged mean? Well, not engaged, as defined by Gallup poll, is that people have checked out. They're kind of sleepwalking, they're putting in time, but not energy or passion. So that's 56% of us are not engaged, sleepwalking at work. Then 15% of us are actively disengaged. So we are acting out our unhappiness. We're undermining what other people are trying to do. We are verbally unhappy at work. Now, you most likely fall into one of those categories. But why are we so unhappy Well, to answer that question a few, maybe a year ago, I did some research on why people leave their jobs, right? Disengagement and why people leave probably somewhat related. Interestingly enough, compensation is not at the top of the list. Actually, compensation is at the bottom of the list that we'll talk about. Most of you can guess that the number one reason that people leave is a poor relationship between you as an employee and your immediate supervisor. So whether that's you feel like you're micromanaged or maybe don't have any direction, have an absent manager, whatever it might be, that relationship is the number one reason that people leave. So hold on to that. We're going to come back to that later. Number two reason is lack of an advancement plan or having a challenge, or I hear this a lot, my work doesn't have meaning. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm not contributing to anything. And we'll talk more about this. That's the number two reason that people leave a job. Maybe that's why you're thinking about leaving, right? There's nowhere to move. There's no step up. There's no more challenges for me here. I'm stuck. One of the third reason, the third reason is stress or lack of work-life balance. So you might be thinking, 
you know, this job just sucks all of my energy. I never get any time off. They expect me to be here all the time. Maybe you have a new family or something has happened where it just isn't working for you to put in the effort that people seem to expect or maybe it's a combination of those reasons and people seem to be expecting a lot for not having anything to give back, right? There's no way to advance, so why am I putting in all this work or why am I so stressed out? So that's our third reason, is that lack of work-life balance or stress. Then the fourth might be that we just don't have the communication. Maybe our relationship with our manager is not terrible, but nobody really gives us feedback on how we're doing or telling us if we're doing a good job, right? Appreciation and feedback, maybe even recognition that we're not getting at work. And then that fifth reason is the compensation is not competitive or maybe there's not an opportunity to increase in compensation even if we might find a new challenge and that might be important to us. So as you're looking at why you are unhappy at work, it's really very personal. All of us are looking for different things out of work and that's as we talked about when we we're looking at career change and if you're looking at career change you might go back and listen to that and it's really about value values work values what are you looking for out of work and there are some resources where you can find values card sorts values activities online or you might sit down and just really journal about what isn't working for you. doesn't have to take a lot of time, but to really figure out, maybe even ranking those five reasons, right? Is it poor relationship with your boss? Is it that you don't feel like you have any challenges or a, a way to advance? Maybe that it's you just feel worn out, that lack of work-life balance. Or do you feel unappreciated, You're not getting any feedback. Or perhaps the compensation or opportunity to increase compensation just doesn't fit with what you think you're worth. And all of those pieces come together to make our career happiness. And so as a career counselor, I became very passionate about trying to help employers keep their employees Because I kept having people walk into my office and say, I need a new job. I'm looking for a new job. I need to get out of where I am. And really when we started talking about it, started looking at why they were unhappy, there were things that they could change. There were things that maybe they could ask to address within their work environment. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. These five things, which of these five can we address in the workplace? How might we go about that? And then maybe when it's time to leave, we'll feel like we have a better handle on what we're looking for and how to ask for that maybe even as we strike out into a new opportunity. One of the most standout stories in my mind is a 
middle-aged gentleman who came to me who didn't have a degree. And within his organization, without a degree, he couldn't move up. And so he came to me and he said, I think I want to leave. It's really not worth it to get this degree. There, you know, the opportunities are limited anyways. I'm just bored. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. And we talked through briefly what was the opportunity, what he was unhappy with, and he decided to go and talk with his manager about his unhappiness, about his discontent. Now, that's an awesome relationship with one's supervisor, right? To feel comfortable going to them and saying, hey, I'm done, I'm bored. What else can we do here to get me where I want to go? And after having that conversation with his manager, he came back to talk to me again. And he said, my supervisor's on board. He said that if I figure out what I want more of in my job, he'll work with me in any way he can to make that happen. And what I love when I talk to employers about this is that that one supervisor's offer not even necessarily actions yet, but just offer that if you want, know what you want, I will help you get more of it in your job. Made that employee more loyal than any employee I've ever seen. And engaged, even though he may not love what he's doing right now, because he was more connected to the people He'd gotten some good feedback. He could see that there was some opportunity for advancement or challenge. And some of those things that weren't working for him at least had the hope of being reconciled. And it changed his whole approach. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about these pieces of your unhappiness and what it is that you might want to do with that how you might want to address that in your current job and then when we might decide that it's time to make a change. And thinking about the way the world is different and why I started this show, right, that we're in charge of our own career. And to be in charge of our own career, the number one thing is that we have to know where we're going. And a lot of times that is underlying our career happiness is that we don't feel like we're moving but we really don't know where we want to go and so again getting back to that career change segment the episode that we did a few weeks ago back in February and really knowing what it is that we want so that we can figure out why we're not getting it and how to ask for it. So come back and we're going to explore how we can address some of these issues of why we're unhappy and how we might be more happy where we are or be happier in the next job because we know what we were looking for when we were searching. So we'll be back in just a few minutes.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Well, welcome back. And this evening we are talking about discontent in our career whether you're unhappy with your job or maybe you're thinking about you know I really need to get out of this line of work altogether how can we evaluate what's really not working for us and really that's the first step is to sit down and do a values exercise or whatever it might be Go through some of that career work, right? What skills do you like to use? What do you really like doing? When have you been happy at work? And what parts of those experiences can you recreate? But connecting to that, what it is you're looking for, can be really freeing and help us realize that Maybe we're not as unhappy as we think we are, or, yes, I'm unhappy, and this is why, because I don't get enough of X, and X, maybe I can get more of at my current job, or maybe I can be really targeted about the types of positions I look at for my next move, so that I know what it is that I'm looking for. And that piece of what is it that is missing is really a, a big piece that a lot of times we don't ta- take the time to think about. We just think about, oh, this job sucks, right? And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But really, what is it that's not working for you? What is it that you need more of? What is it that you need less of? And then maybe we start to look at within that list of, of items that we need more of or less of, what is it that we're in control of 
So when I worked at the university, I worked for the university for about seven years. And when I started at the university, I had a very hands-off boss, very supportive and trusting. And I got to do a lot for a young professional within my job. I had a flexible schedule. No one was looking over my shoulder. I created processes. I led student professionals who are working for me and had the opportunity to work with student leaders. And it was a great experience. Well, that job ended. And as is typical of the university environment, the next job I landed was a little lower level. Although it was the same level as I'd been in, I had to start over. And it was a challenge for me to have that micromanagement, right? To be in a position where I was waiting for someone else to give me things to do. The position was new. It was, it was a challenge. And it really helped me understand that part of what I needed at work was the opportunity to be creative, right? The opportunity to have some flexibility, the opportunity to think a little bit deeper and realize that that type of job wasn't wasn't a good fit for me. It was in accounting, by the way, and accounting was not my thing anyways. And so some of those experiments that we have in the beginning of our career, as we move along the way, maybe we lose some of the lessons, the lessons that we learned about what's really important to us at work. And one of the things that I do with my clients that you could do for yourself is do a little bit of career reconnaissance great term, Susan Britton Whitcomb shared that term with me, where you're really looking back through your career and in each position thinking about what worked for me and what didn't work for me, quick, very feet on the ground, what worked for me, what didn't work for me, what did I like doing, what didn't I like doing, and see if there are some themes, both in the skills category, but also in those values, right, what was I getting out of work kinds of areas, right? I needed more independence. I needed more ability to make decisions and do things on my own. I needed a flexible schedule. A second job I got after, um, well, a third job at the university, I was kind of in the reception area. And so it was really important that I was at my desk from eight to five. And I like to go out and talk to students and do things. And boy, that position really taught me that need for some kind of flexibility to get up and move around and not be at a desk all day. And thinking about those lessons helped me craft what I have today and maybe help you craft what you've got. And maybe you do it where you are or maybe you do it somewhere else. A lot of that might depend on what those lessons look like. Is it possible to get some of the things you used to have that worked where you are? Or are we going to have to find somewhere else? So one of the things that I find interesting in the literature around why we're disengaged, and of course that literature and that research comes from Gallup polls, so probably not too surprising that they're tying strengths 
and your managers focus on your strengths to engagement. That people who say their managers focus on their strengths are more likely to say that they're engaged. Makes sense, right? And of course, that we would expect it from Gallup Poll, who created the Strengths Finder, or at least the data behind that Strengths Finder. So, if you are focusing on your strengths, you're more likely to be engaged. Not too surprising. Might more positive, build an atmosphere of, hey, you're doing some good things here. So, I would challenge you that most employee review processes today are led by the employee. You put together your initial evaluation for the most part in most companies I've worked with, submit it to your supervisor, and then the two of you go through that together. So if they're not including strengths language in, the, in that review, start doing that for yourself. These are my strengths. These are the ways I'd like to build on these strengths. These are some ways that I might use my strengths to make up for some of these things that I didn't do so well. If they make you say some things that your weaknesses or whatever you need to work on. Not just saying these are my weaknesses, but these are how my strengths could help me improve on these areas. So that you are directing that language into your performance review. Try it in the next review session and see what happens. Right, Starting by talking about your strengths, ways that you want to use your strengths more for the benefit of the business, the group, whatever it might be. And then, hey, here are some ways my strengths could help me be better in these areas. And then, and to be able to do that really is tracking your successes. And we talk about this in the interviewing and resume work, right, that we need to be able to talk about where you've had success. And if you haven't been tracking those successes, it's really hard to do that. So track your wins. Start a Word document. Start a spreadsheet. Whatever it is for you, a notebook. And start writing down where you add value. Start writing down your wins. And think about how those wins are about you, but also how they're about others. How do, how do your actions impact others within your own group, within the company, and your customers, and maybe even the world, right? We all want to feel like we have an impact, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But we've got to start thinking about that for ourselves, too. That's part of taking the control over our own career development, right? Is It's our job to think about how does my work every day contribute not only to my company, my group, my product, but my customers and the industry bigger as the whole. So in my husband was graduating college. He has an environmental heart and had just gotten a degree in engineering. And one of the companies that was looking at him to for his first job was oil and gas and came home and he was pretty disappointed that 
this oil and gas company was interested in him because he really had something else in mind, right? He was going to save the world. He was going to save the environment through his engineering work. And we sat down and talked about it and came to the realization that pretty much oil and gas are going to be around for a while. There are staple fuels. And the job that was looking at him was focused on creating machinery and replacing parts that would make those engines that pump the natural gas around our great country cleaner, run more efficiently, and pollute less. That was the job. And so really, his largest environmental impact probably is in the line of work he's in now, going around the country, working on these oil and gas engines and making them cleaner, reducing carbon emissions, all of those things that his little environmental heart was set on. And it's in a setting that he never would have imagined and maybe wouldn't have put the connected the dots if he hadn't sat down and thought about what's the reality of what I do every day and how it's going to impact not only my company Yes, they're going to make money. They're an oil and gas company. And they're, but they're also going to move natural gas around the country to heat the homes of millions of people. And, oh, yeah, they're going to improve the environmental impacts of the whole process as much as they can because that's how their products sell. That's why people buy their products. So when you're thinking about that connection between you and the company and, you know, looking for meaning, sometimes we can find meaning in our work out into the world without having to change our jobs. So when you come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we might change our job or change our outlook, and then we'll get into a little bit of when we decide it may be time to take charge and move out. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back, and tonight we are talking about are we happy at work? How can we be happier at work? What are the things that we can do? And, you know, we were talking about right before the break, focusing on our own strengths, how we might direct the performance review in that area, and then being able to track our successes and think about how we're having an impact, maybe even on a bigger scale. And that is one of the biggest things I hear of people walking through my door is I want a job that has meaning. I want work that has meaning. And the first thought usually is, oh, a nonprofit, right? I'll go work for a nonprofit. They have kind of built in meaning, right? They've got a mission. That mission's really clear. How I add to that mission seems really clear. And I just challenge that if you're looking for meaning at work, that maybe a new job isn't going to have that meaning either. Maybe it will, but what does meaning really, really indicate? What is it that you're really looking for? Is it the feeling that what you do matters? Well, evaluate your current state, right? How does what you do now matter? Or how does what you did in your last job matter to, again, the company, the customers, the world? And a lot of times we think, oh, our company was just out for profits. And sometimes that's true. And other times, maybe that's our first perception. And if we look a little deeper, maybe even though the company was making a good profit, they were contributing to society in some way. If not, perhaps there's other companies in our same industry line or in a neighboring industry that do contribute to society in a way that feels good to us. And maybe the nonprofit is a good realm for us, but again, that goes back to the beginning of what are we really looking for out of work? Because I can tell you if there's a certain dollar amount you need to make or a work-life balance you're trying to keep, the nonprofit sector may not be the answer for you. You may jump out of the frying pan of the corporate dollar pusher into the fire of work all day for no money nonprofit world. Again, not every nonprofit's going to be like that, just like not every corporation is going to be a money hungry corporation. But what is it that you're looking for before you make that jump? What is it really that you need? So you can evaluate those options. And again, as I was talking about right before break with my husband, maybe see that what you're looking for 
is just in, presented in a different way in your current industry. So we've talked about strengths. We've talked a little bit about meaning and building our own meaning a little bit. And then one of the things that we often don't think about, and maybe you have even a perception that is impossible, is the ability to craft our own job. This idea of job crafting has been a while for, around for a little while. And it's really about, are there ways that you could do more of what you like to do on a daily basis? It's come straight out of some of the strengths-based work and really looking at, what do I like to do? Because we know that you're good at those things you like to do, for the most part. Adults have that have a healthy reality of what they can and, and like to do. You're usually more engaged when you're doing what you like to do. So how can you get more of that every day? Have you shared that among your team? Has the team sat down and looked at, hey, these are the things I like to do, these are the things I like to do, and maybe there's some things you could swap. Maybe there are ways to make small changes that would put you doing more of what you like to do. Now, this doesn't mean that we'll get to get rid of all the frogs, right? The things that we have to do every day or every week that we may not like to do. It's adding more of the things we like to do to our day that gives us energy, gives us that engagement. It'll probably make the things we don't like to do easier to get done because they take up less of our time and we have more time spent on what we, what we like to do. So think about that. It's that job crafting idea within the job I'm at. Can I do more of what I like to do? Having thought through that will help you if you decide you want to go, right? Because we'll have pinpointed some of the things you know you want more of in the next job. That is also going to require us to decide what we need to start saying no to. Right? If you are constantly being pulled into projects dealing with process and those aren't your strengths, maybe there's someone else that would be better for those projects anyways. Is it possible to say no to that and engage more in something that you like to do that's adding value to the business? And saying no can be hard. And thinking about what to say no to can be probably the hardest part of saying no. But thinking about, hey, it, I really don't like to do this. When I know I have to do this, I dread going to work. Are those things that somebody else might like to do? And if they're your frog, then maybe we just have to eat it. But are there other things that you like to do that you can add more of to your work? And like my gentleman who went and talked to his supervisor and his supervisor said, hey, I'll help you get more of whatever it is you decide you want. You never know. Your supervisor might surprise you. And maybe that conversation can start to build a good relationship or improve relationship. Again, going back to one of the top reasons we leave our environment is that relationship with our boss 
And maybe that relationship is going to prevent us from asking for those things. And we might work within our team to get them, or we might decide it's time to go. However, when we're thinking about relationships, I think it's important to remind ourselves that relationships are two-way beasts, right? And so within your work experience, are you making relationships? Are you connecting with the people that you work with? Now, I'm not talking that they have to be your best friend, your best buddy. However, research does show that we're more likely to be engaged and to be happy at work when we like the people we work with. That's a big surprise, right? You can't like people you don't know. And they can't like you if they don't know you. So that may be one area that we work on. Is are we really connecting and building relationships with others in our work? Our team members, our supervisors, do we have a relationship with them? Are we communicating real issues are we letting them communicate real issues are we building trust and remembering that we have to trust to be trustworthy so that we can build those relationships with others so again not surprising you will be happier if you like the people you work with to like them and have them like you probably take some effort if you're putting in that effort and feel like it's not being reciprocated then again, that may be an opportunity where we decide we're going to leave. So we've talked a little bit about crafting our job and connecting with others. And now just briefly want to talk about this development aspect, this career advancement piece, where what happens a lot today is there isn't anywhere to move, right? You're probably feeling that. There's nowhere to move. The people ahead of me aren't going to retire for years. They lost all their retirement. It's, a, it's one of the largest problems in the country. There was this huge concern that everybody was going to retire and there was going to be a gap. And now, although some people are still talking about that concern, more what I see is the inability for people to move up And therefore, they're disengaged. Therefore, they're not doing as well. They're not performing as well. And circularly, then, they're not moving up, right? You may be in that circle where there's no chance to move up. So then you're disincentivized, disincentivized. So then you're not moving up. What can you do to bring challenge and development into your work? Maybe it includes some professional development on your own dime, if they'll at least give you the time to do it. Maybe it includes just a discussion, again, with that manager about some things you'd like to do, some training you'd like to take, and really have it researched. This is what it is. This is what the benefits would be, right? Got to sell that. That's your job today. Maybe something we would never think we'd have to do. Be able to sell why we deserve that development. This is the benefit to the organization. This is the cost. ROI, if we can calculate it, right? What's the return on investment going to be for that development? And putting together some kind of argument for your own professional development. Then, maybe at the same time, or maybe if that doesn't work out, thinking about 
are there sideways things that I could do to increase my skills? Right? The whole idea of a free agent is that you're building your own tool set so that you can move where you want to go. Are, is there anything laterally at your job that you could do, a project you could take on, something you could volunteer for that would build your skills in the direction you want to build them? That's today's advancement. That is what we have, people, unless we're going to move out, which sometimes can help us move up. Depends on our industry, depends on our competition. It's that lateral skill building, getting a challenge, taking on a project so that we can build our tool set and be ready to move up. Maybe you're ready to move up if you don't feel like you quite are, then it may be looking around for those additional challenges so you can add to your tool set and be ready to move up, even if it means moving out later. So when we come back, we're going to bring this all together and I'm going to give you your Get Career Smart tip and then we'll be off and hopefully you'll be checking in with us again next week. So come back here in just a few minutes and give you your Get Career Smart tip. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional bankers hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King. For a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Well, we have been talking about being happy in our career. And we've talked through the top five reasons that people are unhappy or leaving work. 
we talked about the importance of knowing about what isn't working for you. What is it that you need more of? Maybe what is it that you need less of? And without that knowledge, it's really going to be probably a problem that follows with us because we don't know what we're looking for. And we may know what we don't need, and that's good if we can figure out what we do need that can be even better. We talked a little bit about our role in focusing on our strengths and how we might be able to direct the evaluation process in that direction every quarter or year whenever your manager is doing that that evaluation. We talked a little bit about creating your own meaning, searching for meaning where you are before we search for meaning somewhere else. What do we mean when we say we're looking for meaning in our work? And how aren't we getting that in our current job? And do we really need to move to the nonprofit realm to be able to get it? And are we going to be happy when we get there, right? Then we talked a little bit about job crafting and being able to communicate to our team or to our supervisor the things that we want to do more of and what we might need to start saying no to. Then we talked just briefly about relationships and their importance in us being happy where we are and our ability to focus in on that and build relationships Sometimes we don't think about that, and that is a big part of what makes us happy at work. Then we talked a little bit about taking charge of our own development, putting together a plan, proposing that plan, having thought through the benefits to the team or the organization, and maybe even the return on investment. And we're going to talk briefly about attitude. And Forbes had a great article by Kathy Caprino that was all about who do we think is to blame for our career unhappiness. And when you think about your job and you think about why it's not working for you, where's that finger pointing? Most of the time, it's at the company, right? My company is toxic. These are some things that the Forbes article had. My company doesn't encourage work-life balance. Well, who's setting the rules here? Who's holding the power? And are we giving away our power to the company by not telling them what we need? My guess is yes. And part of that might be because we haven't really put our finger on what we do need. First step, what do you need? Second step, ask for it in a diplomatic and not just me, me, me way, right? How, do, how does this add value to the company? And then if you aren't getting it and you feel like you've made a valiant effort, a, a sincere effort to communicate those needs, then you might think about leaving. Packed your bag with that knowledge, with the knowledge not only of what you need, but the knowledge that you've asked for it and that you went ahead and made those steps instead of maybe just leaving without trying to fix it, right? Have we made those steps? So that article on Forbes, and you can look it up, it's called The Clear Sign That You're Not Ready for More Career Happiness. And really thinking about 
are you ready in your state of mind to take control of your career happiness? Because that's really what this is about. There's nobody that can make you happy. It's are you going to decide to be happy in your career? May not be where you are at now. And maybe in your next step. My Get Career Smart tip for tonight, and if you've been following along at Get Career Smart, I posted a LinkedIn tip today. Hopefully you can go and get that if you listen to the LinkedIn show or if you missed it. And tonight, I want to talk a little bit about love. One of the other articles that I found when I was looking at this career happiness was, if you can't find the career you love, love the one you're in, right? Love the one you're with. So that idea is good, right? Love what you love where you are. But I was sitting in a wedding ceremony of all things a year and a half ago, and it was a Catholic wedding. The priest was talking about love and the three types of love. And as he was talking, I started to think and obviously put it in my own little career realm. And I thought, you know what? We talk so much in my world about passion. Find your passion. Find your purpose. And in the Greek terms, right, there are four words for love in Greek. And I think it's agape, which is a spiritual love. And then you've got eros, which is that physical, passionate love. And I want to say that passion usually doesn't last, right? We know this in marriage. We talk about it in marriage. But then when we start to talk about careers, oh, it's this big push to have a passion. Find your passion. Well, passion is good. And passion hopefully was at the beginning of your career. And just because that passion has hopefully grown into agape or a deeper kind of love doesn't mean that it's time for us to move on, right? We don't leave our marriage when that love evolves. In fact, that, that gets deeper, right? And so when we're thinking about our job, maybe we aren't passion about it anymore or maybe our passion has grown into something else and so we wouldn't describe it that way anymore and so I would just challenge you to think about if we're constantly seeking that rush if we're constantly seeking that eros either in life and love or in our career we're chasing something that just doesn't last we're chasing something that is fleeting. And lots of us do that. And maybe we want to make the conscious choice to do that. I'm going to chase this passion and then that passion. And that's okay. But if you're sitting there and you've thought, you know what, I just don't have a passion. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't necessarily need to go out looking for your passion. Right? We know as career professionals that Different personalities display love in different ways when we're talking about relationships. So why would we expect that there's anything different in the world of work? 
that some of us are just going to display love for work in a different way to feel differently about it and not call it passion. So my get career smart tip for you tonight is that you don't have to be in love with your job to love your job. You don't have to be in love with your job in Eros, in passionate desire of your job to love your job. That you have, there are deeper ways to appreciate and to give back and to receive in that agape or even the philia way of love. And if we're building a community at work, we're more likely to deepen our appreciation of work and have work, the people at work deepen their appreciation of us rather than have that flash in the pan of arrows. So if you're following along, go to getcareersmart.com and all of the shows are posted there with a brief description and then the Get Career Smart tips following the show. You can also always check my world out and my services out at astrategicadvantage.com. And I look forward to talking with you next week and helping you continue to move forward and take control of your own career. So thank you, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thank you.